Welcoming everybody to the Puttcraft Podcast. My name is Reed Nelson. We are 24 hours away from the Dred Scott Open taking place Wednesday, September 14th. There's actually a good chance that we are way less than 24 hours away if you're listening to this on Wednesday morning or Wednesday afternoon. Today we have uh, quite a bit to get to. We have the updated standings, we have the updated MCGs, and how those compare to the player rankings that were revealed two weeks ago. In addition to that, we're going to break down each hole of uh uh, of the links at Dred Scott, our, our event for tomorrow night or our host for tomorrow night, uh, 6 p.m. tip off, tee off. Sorry, I'm in basketball mode right now. <laughs> uh, 6 p.m. tee off and, um, beautiful weather, absolutely beautiful weather. So I'm, uh, very, very, very excited for tomorrow night. Okay. Let's go ahead and start with the standings. Why not? Feels like a really good place to start. Uh, Matt Rolstead was nice enough to get me this information, uh, several days ago. Let's put it that way. Uh, that protects me. If it was, if it was last week or the week before, if I just say several days, then, uh, then it can be true. So here are the upgraded standings. There are 40, 45 eligible players, and I'm going to go backwards from 45. Tied for 42nd. Four players. B. Bleckinger, Sam Jensen, Sandy Lee, Barky Cavanaugh. All at one point. 41st place, 41st place, Sam Zhang, two points. 40th place, Christina Johnson, two and a half points. Tied for 37th. Brian Bleckinger, Connor Lestico, Mary Leslie at three. Tied for 35th, Patrick Connors and Matt Heimerman at 3.5. Tied for 32nd, Sheila Nelson, Ryan Vermeer, and Monica Zhang at four. Tied for 30th, J.D. Ford and Scott Moyer at 5. 29th place, standing alone, Joel Holm with 9 points. 28th place, Sam Goley with 10. 27th, John Maddening with 11. 26th, Caden Burkhart with 12.5. Tied for 24th, Dominique Ling and Jeff Woodfill at 13.5. 23rd, Jason Peterson at 15. Tied for 21st, Tim Albrecht, Adam Burke at 16. Tied for 19th, Joel LaChapelle, Kathleen Malone at 17. Tied for 17th, Adam DeVore, Rick Lestico with 19th, with 19, <laughs> sorry, uh, <clears throat> no more ties from 1 to 16, and that feels like a good place to take a quick break. One thing to note about the standings is it rewards both performance and participation. And I know that Matt has done a really nice job of tweaking this and making it right, making the nice balance of both. You know, I really like seeing John Maddening, Jason Peterson, where they are in the standings, despite not necessarily winning an event yet, uh, because they participated a bunch, right? Whereas somebody like uh, Dominique Ling, who played in one event, did very well is actually right behind Jason Peterson, but right in front of John Madding. I think it's a really good balance that Matt Rolstead has done here, so nice job, Matt. 16th place, Daryl Hummony, 21 points. 15th place, Matt Langer, 28.5 points. 14th place, Nick Noble, 29.5 points. The record holder at Dred Scott with a 44. We'll go over his round in a bit. 13th place, Robin Schwartzman, 36.5 points. 12th place, RJ Dusak, 40 points. 11th place, Sam Lapadat, 42 points. 
10th place, Brady Storhoff, 59 points. 9th place, Tom Loftus, 60 points. 8th place, Sean Anderson, 60.333 points. 7th place, Dan Wesley, 60.5 points. 6th place, Josh Benish, 63 points. 5th place, Joel Brown, 66.5 points. 4th place, Matt Wyman, 71.5 points. 3rd place, Anthony Dunkel, 78.333 points. 2nd place, Matt Rolstead, 131 points. And 1st place, his name is Sean Brown, 144.5 points. That is your updated standings. Um, We have now events going back... In this league year, we have events going back to uh, April 1st. Uh, I want to have the number right off the top of my head. I think it's about 10 now. I think we've got about 10 on deck, uh, or or I should say in, in the books. That number is actually 9. I paused it, I went, I checked, trying to be a little bit more accurate. 9 events since the start of our league year on April 1st. Speaking of that, I got to give a shout out to Anthony Dunkel. Um, I missed Anthony's hole-in-one on Desperation Peak. I don't know what it's called. (laughs) The hole at Dred Scott, that that, uh, Inspiration Peak. I don't know. Well, what is that hole called? My gosh, I can't can't think right now. Um, We all know what it is. It's the one with the bump at the end. Uh, uh, Anthony Dunkel aced that, and that hole is absolutely up for whole of the year this year, um, or, you know, unofficially in the finalists. Uh, again, th- those are, those, those are going to change between now and the end of March. Um, but for now, uh, uh, that's where they're at. Okay. So, um, let's talk, actually, we're going to save the MCGs till the end. I want to talk about Dread Scott right now. Um, the links at Dread Scott again, tomorrow night, beautiful night. Can't wait for it. It's going to be fun. Uh, we'll be under the lights for most of the evening. Uh, as you know, lights getting darker and darker sooner and sooner. Uh, we're teeing off at six tomorrow night. Again, just a reminder when we were at Eagle Lake last month, we did tee off at seven. That is not the case. We are teeing off at 6 p.m. tomorrow night. Okay. As I mentioned earlier, the course record, Nick Noble, 44. We're going to go over his round. And what I'm actually going to do is I took the two, we only have two tournaments worth of data here for Dred Scott. And I wanted to go with, uh, I wanted to handicap the holes easiest to most difficult, um, and then compare those with how Nick did. Um, and, and, and I'm using the pars and our average score to determine the easiest and the most difficult. That's the only data points that I'm using, if that makes sense. So our average score up against the par. And uh, hole six, there is no uh, real surprise there. That is the hardest hole uh, on at the links at Dred Scott. It's a par three. Uh, the average score uh, is uh, 4.44. And uh, 1.44 strokes above par is the average uh, on that hole. Now, I should note that the first time we went to Dred Scott, we didn't have a stroke limit. So there was a lot of 10, 11, 12s there. Um, Nick actually had a 5 on that hole. So he had a 44. Uh, his, his course record 44 included a 5 on the most difficult hole on the course. Hmm, Interesting. Love that. Okay, 
the tied for second. Uh, so instead of doing a two and a three, I just tied him at, at second place. Um, was hole 17 and hole eight. Hole 17, a par two. Hole eight, a par two. And for those of you who are a little bit more visual, um, I, th- I think you know, if, if you've played it before, you know 17. It's a straight shot, but it's uphill and it's, it's, uh, and then, then you walk up the hill to hole 18. Hole eight is the kind of the triple bounce, if you will, uh, that, that I know gets a lot of, uh, I shouldn't say bounce, triple hill. Um, but it's only a par two, so that can be very tricky. Those are tied for the second ho- strong, uh, uh, most difficult holes on the course. Um, Nick Noble had a bogey on number 17, and then he parred number eight. Okay, the uh, the fourth most difficult hole on the course is hole 15. Uh, Noble actually aced that hole. That hole is a par two. And if we pull up the putcraft.com hole 15 is, you know, there's a lot of deceptive holes when you just look at the, uh, the, the pictures because there's they, it looks like a straight shot. Right. It's like, oh, that's a straight shot. But we know it's not. We know that the course is really unpredictable. It's it's really bumpy in the weird spots. Um, it, it can be it can be really tricky. Um, he happened to ace that hole, uh, the fourth most difficult hole on the course. OK, the fifth most difficult hole on the course. And again, this is one of those things that would surprise you. But again, I'm just using the data and that's hole one. Right. Hole one, and you, we, I think a, a lot of us can picture it. Just a straight shot. I mean, there's, there's, there's no out of bounds potential. Um, it's just, it's, it's the course is really bumpy, and and it's and it's hilly, and it's and it's tricky, and it's difficult. But hole one, um, believe it or not, is the fifth most difficult hole on the course. It's a par two. Uh, we average a uh, 2.85 and Nick had a three on that hole, right? Those were the only, we've gone over all of Nick's bogeys or worse uh, so far. Hole six, he had a five, so he had a double there. Hole 17, he had a three, so he had a bogey there. And hole one, everything else is smooth sailing for Nick Noble. What that makes me feel is that as we play this course more and more and more, we're going to look back at 44 and we're going to say, oh, do you remember when 44 was... (laughs) was the was the record now again the tricky part of this is that there is a lot of luck involved because of the way the course plays whereas lily putt is this really nice flat course dread scott's kind of the opposite i shouldn't even say kind of the opposite dread scott's just the opposite okay the sixth most difficult hole on the course hole 14 par three uh noble had a three on this hole and our average score is a 3.76 for those of you who are visuals at home this is the hole that brian blackinger aced we talked about this hole uh two podcasts ago it's the dog leg right with the uh with the uh the bounce off the rock if you will um, a really, really, really fun hole. Uh, you know, it's one of those things. Do you want to be aggressive? Do you want to see if you can save a stroke here? Um, not generally advised, uh, but you know what? Play the game you want to play. Have fun with it. Okay. The seventh most difficult hole in the course. Another surprise. Hole 18. Okay. Um, it, I, I should stop saying surprise, uh, because I can't, I can't, I, I can be surprised once or twice. I can't be surprised five or six times. So part two. Uh, average of a 2.7. Noble had a two on this hole. 
The eighth most difficult hole on the course is hole 16, again a par 2. Noble had a 2 on this hole, and we average uh, 2.65 on this hole, number 16. And let me pull it up real quick. Uh, 16 is kind of a light dogleg right with a giant rock right in the center, uh, a par 2 there, hole 16. Okay, the ninth most difficult hole on the course is hole number five, par three. Noble had a three on this hole, uh, and we average a 3.57. The uh, 10th most difficult hole on the course, uh, and this is where Noble was making uh, making hay, if you will. I don't understand that term or that phrase, but I've heard it used before. So um, he birdied this hole. Actually, this was a string of five straight birdies uh, for Noble between nine hole nine and hole 13. But again, the 10th most difficult hole on the course. Um, hole 11, par three, he birdied it. Okay, the 11th most difficult hole on the course. Hole number four, uh, Noble part of this with a two. Uh, the average score is a 2.36 on this hole. The 12th most difficult hole on the course, hole 13. Uh, sorry, I'm looking at a lot of different numbers here. Uh, Noble birdied this hole. We average, uh, this is actually when we start averaging birdies. Uh, the average score here was actually a 2.91 on hole 13. And hole 13 is um, water left. It breaks really hard left. Uh, and then there's that bridge left. A couple of different ways to play it. I think most of you go right of the rock. Uh, but again, the average score here is a 2.91. So basically a 3. Okay, the 13th most difficult hole on the course. This was actually Noble's only eagle. Okay, a par 3. He aced it. Um, and hole three is um, kind of the exact opposite of the hole I just uh, I just referenced, where it kind of slopes right. There's two rocks in between here, um, and Noble obviously played it straight on. Um, some of you may choose to play left of the rock. I don't know that 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 could be possible. Um, and again, like most holes at Dred Scott, if you get careless, you do run the risk of going out of bounds just because of how the rocks are set up. But really, there's not a there's not a huge out of bounds risk here. There's a water risk, of course, but not a huge out of bounds risk. Okay, the 14th most difficult hole on the course. Hole 12, a par 3, Noble uh, birdied it, uh, average score of 2.76. The 15th most difficult hole on the course, uh, hole uh, 7, uh, Noble Hard this uh, average score of 2.74. Uh, the 16th most difficult hole on the course is hole number two. Noble parred this um, with a three. And there's only two left here. Holes. The 17th easiest hole on the course, Noble also birdied. This is the only par four over that bridge. Um where Noble had a three, the average score is a 3.66, it's a par four, and the easiest hole on the course. Um, according to the numbers, uh, par three, hole 10, uh, 2.49 is our average score there. And, you know, that, I gotta be honest, that 
that shocks me. Um, it's, it's, it's that kind of that downhill one. I, I, with water to the right from the visuals, from the pictures, it looks a lot more difficult, uh, than it is apparently because it's the 18th, uh, handicap hole in the course. Um, and, and, and you must be getting some favorable bounces as, uh, uh as the ball kind of rolls down there. Uh, near the cup. And I know a lot of courses are like that. The Dred Scott's not necessarily that type of course, but but you are going to play some some beneficial breaks. Um, one of the things that I think is interesting is how does the course change from earlier in the season to late in the season, right? With the weather. Now, when you consider Lilliput, again, it's flat, a brand new turf. There's not going to be a lot of changes as the as the season goes on. But Dred Scott, with as bumpy and as hilly as it is, I wouldn't be surprised if this course plays very different and hole 10 maybe isn't the easiest hole on the course. So just something to keep in mind uh, as we uh, uh, tee off tomorrow night, 6 p.m. We will be using the Puttcraft standard uh, 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 tee box, if you will, which is uh, the, the base of your grip to the tip of your putter, or approximately 24 inches, because the uh, the the holes are not marked as, as I'd like them to be marked. Okay, now let's talk MCGs, and again, let's compare them side by side with the uh, player rankings for the month. Okay. So, there are 21 eligible players for the MCGs today. Sent it to me 11 days ago. Thank you, Matt. This was updated after the August 22nd Eagle Lake Open. 21 out of 103 unique players are eligible for ranking. Minimum ranking eligibility requirements at least three events slash 25% of events held within the last six months. So, there's been 11 events in the last six months. The January 29th Golf Zone Open now dropped from MCG eligibility. Next event to drop is the March 5th Moose Mountain Open. <laughs> Moose Mountain giving me nightmares. Effective at conclusion of Dred Scott Open 2.0 on 914. MCG scores average of base points scored by position earned per event played plus bonus points for event event wins, top finishes, low 18 hole round scores for an event and participation. Okay. Let's go from the bottom up. 21, Marky Cabernet. Uh, 20, John Maddening. 19, Jason Peterson. 18, Kathleen Malone. 17, Matt Langer. 16, Joel LaChapelle. 15, Daryl Hummony. Now, I'm going to stop there. None of them had any, uh, any, any points for low rounds, top finishes, or wins. Um, so it was kind of zero, zero, zero across the board there. Daryl Hummony, three events. Matt Langer, seven events. Joel LaChapelle, three events. Kathleen Malone, six events. Jason Peterson, three events. John Manning, five events. Marky Cavanaugh, three events. Keep in mind, you do not get credit for events played in the MCGs. It's not going to hurt you necessarily, I don't think. Uh, but you won't get credit uh, for that like you will for the for the play standings. Okay. 14th place, Timmy Albrecht, three events, zero low rounds, one top finishes, zero wins, 
56.667 points. Should note, Daryl Hummony was at a, a 40 points. That's where the break was from 15 to 14. 13, Robin Schwartzman, five events, zero points for low rounds, one point for top finishes, zero point for wins, 60.50 points. 12th, Sam Lapidat, four events, zero low rounds, one top finish, zero wins. 65.125 points. And in 11th place, Josh Banish, 11 events, zero low rounds, one top finish, zero wins. 66.455 points. Okay. None of those 11 through 21 are on the player rankings, which I believe means that both, um, it does mean, both Matt and I's MCGs and player rankings have the same top 10. Okay, now I should note that Josh Benish, 66.455 points. About four points clear of 10th place, which is Brady Storhoff, at 70.33 points. Let me quick pull up my player rankings so I can um, look at these. We can compare these. One, I have them all on separate, uh, separate stuff now, uh, separate uh, pages. So, okay. So here we go. Brady Storhoff, nine events, one low round, one top finish, zero win, 70.33 points. He's eighth on my player rankings. He's 10th on the MCGs. Keep in mind that Brady Storhoff's lone uh, win in Puttcraft took place uh, May 12th, 2021 at the Links at Dred Scott, uh, which again is the event for tomorrow night. So We'll see. Could be fun. Number nine, RJ Dusak. Four events, zero low rounds, one top finish, zero wins. 77.625 points. RJ is my 10th place player in the top, in the player rankings. Again, we, we, we've been over this before. MCGs takes out, out all emotion, all bias, all recency bias, especially. Player rankings do not do that. I've made no bones about it. There's, there's this, I mean, Coaches, polls, that type of stuff, the, the the college football rankings, this stuff has bias, recency bias, especially. That's why you want to lose your college football games early in the season, not late in the season, right? Texas A&M still going to be in the mix. Well, probably not. They did lose Appalachian State. So um, number eight, MCGs, Tom Loftus, five events, zero low rounds, two top finishes, zero wins, 88.5 points. Tom actually, speaking of recency bias, went up to five in my player rankings this week after tying for first place with Sean Brown at the Eagle Lake Open and then losing uh, in the first hole of the playoff. Sean Anderson, seventh, seven events, zero low rounds, three top finishes, zero wins, 88.714 points. He is my ninth ranked player. Number six, this is a surprise, Anthony Dunkel. Seven events, zero low rounds, three top finishes, zero wins, 100.5 points. Anthony Dunkel is third in my player rankings. Number five, Joel Brown. Five events, one low round, three top finishes, zero wins, 114 flat points. He is my number fourth rated player, Joel Brown. Speaking of Joel, uh, fourth rated player, Dan Wesley, rank number four, seven events, zero low rounds, four top finishes, one win, 127.5 points. Um, Dan has been, I, I wouldn't say on fire, but playing really good golf since the Dred Scott Open earlier in the season, where I, I believe he finished second from the bottom. We will see. He is not on player, tomorrow's player registration. We will see if he ends up registering. Uh, Dan Wesley is my sixth ranked player. He's fourth in the MCGs. Matt Wyman, number three. 
eight events, zero low rounds, three top finishes, two wins, 128.125 points. He is my seventh rated player. And second place, Matt Rolstead, eight events, three low rounds, seven top finishes, three wins, 225.938 points. Matt is also my second rated player. And number one, Sean Brown, 10 events, four low rounds, nine top finishes, five wins, 287.00 points. Sean Brown is also the number one player in my player ranking. So there you have it. The MCGs, the standings, uh, look at tomorrow's course, uh, Dred Scott, if you will. And um, we're teeing off 6 p.m. tomorrow night. Again, just another reminder, still time to register. Uh, I, I'm, I, I hesitate to make predictions, but you're this far in the, in the, uh, in the uh, podcast. I'm guessing we're going to have about 10 people tomorrow night. That, that, that's the number I'm thinking. Um, I'm getting pretty good at, at predicting uh, how many I think we'll finish at or how many I think we'll have because of how many that come in on those last couple days, um, including two brand new faces, uh, which is always a blast. You have no idea. Are they going to come in and absolutely clean house? Or are they going to come in and struggle? Um, always, always, always fun to see uh, new folks come out. So we got a couple new people tomorrow. Again, still time to register. Uh, I keep saying tomorrow. I apologize. That could be very confusing. Wednesday, more than likely you're listening to it today. Wednesday, September 14th, the links at Dred Scott, Bloomington, Minnesota, 6 p.m. The weather is absolute perfection. Can't wait for it. We will see you shortly. <laughs>